I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like to have points. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is like chemistry lab. You're on the verge <laughs> of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Pauly Sebelia. I'm Stephen Fonte. As we welcome you into a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Just one guest lined up for you. It's our SOS house call. We'll talk with Chris Hall, physical therapist for SOS at 1230. Outside of that, we want to hear from you. 315-437-7644 is the number. Syracuse in a national championship game tonight. Huge news. SU men's soccer team playing Indiana, 6 o'clock. We can uh, certainly talk more SU football. We we got into the coordinators uh, both leaving at the end of last week. Uh, and uh, certainly a lot of basketball talk on the show today. The Orange taking care of Georgetown. They've got Monmouth tonight. Inside the Dome, 8 o'clock start now because of the SU soccer game, pushing the SU basketball game back to 8 o'clock. And we'll take your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. We may even get into a little NFL today. How are you today, Paulie? I'm great, Steve. How are you? Good. Good. No complaints. You feeling better now? Uh, you, you said you were a little sore going into yeah, the Yeah, bowling, bowling, we bowled on Friday, and I was a little sore in the glutes. And uh, maybe we'll ask our SOS house call about it. I think you should. Yeah, it was interesting. I was wondering why my hips and butt hurt all, and then I was like, oh, I bowled, and then as I was telling you guys about it, I Googled it, and it said that uh, it's one of the main muscles you use while bowling, so that's how out of shape I am. <laughs> I bowled, and I was in pain after. I didn't know there was a thing until you texted me over the weekend, so who knew? Um what did you think of the SU basketball game? Obviously, that's the the big headliner from the weekend. Uh, the Orange going out and taking care of business. And you know, we said uh, you know Georgetown's got talent. They haven't put it. They haven't put it together yet. They were five and five coming into this one, and uh, it was close for a bit. But uh, Syracuse really pulled away in the end and uh, came through with a convincing victory. Uh, I like it, Steve. It was a uh, good win for the Orange. And let me, uh, you know, what sticks out to me, Steve, in the past three games. The opponents, the opponents score all in the 60s. Defense you got, has gotten you better. You got 64, 66, 61. Before that, 73, or yeah. 72, 73, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, an astute observation. 71. Yes, the, if you can hold people into the 60s, you might uh, give yourself a better chance of winning than if they're in the 70s, Steve. That I didn't is, know if you knew that. Yeah. Well, Colgate scored 80. St. John scored 76. You know, that game was an overtime game. Brian scored 73. Illinois scored 73. There's something to that. So, I mean, it's not been against the same level of competition, but Notre Dame and Georgetown could score. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's interesting that, you know, something different stood out to me than it did to you. I, I think that's a great observation that the, the defense is certainly getting better. Um, I, I really like the way Judah Mintz has played the last couple of games. And... You know, let's let's see him now do it once ACC play starts up. But he's looking like a point guard, and I think he was. And we talked about that, right? The first few games, he's he's trying to feel his way through the process, 
that he was he was always on the attack. He was always going 100 miles an hour. It seemed like he was always looking for his shot, and I think that he's done a better job now, especially in recent games, getting others involved and, and knowing when it's time for him to go and knowing when it's time to, to maybe dish off and, and get others involved. He, he played, I thought, very unselfishly against Georgetown. Um, and Can assist. Yeah, but he it was it was plays where he could have taken it, but he chose to to dish off, and he had a couple of those. Uh, finished with ten assists. He had one turnover, five steals coming off a game. Too. Right, coming off a game in which he had five assists, no turnovers against Oakland. And you're right, the the five steals certainly. I mean, he's got he's got nine steals in his last three games, uh, and he's got seventeen assists and one turnover. Is that good, Paulie? Yeah, that's real good. Yeah, you mean that a freshman's getting better as the year progresses? That's crazy to me. And again, we'll we'll see when he goes up against you know better competition in the ACC. But but my guess is he's going to continue to get better throughout the season. And I think, um, you know, he's figuring it out. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Just like you said, it's not not a coincidence that the defense has gotten better that they won those three games. I don't think it's a coincidence that you know he's got seventeen assists, one turnover, nine steals in the last three games while still scoring the basketball. By the way. You know, he's got, uh, what, 35 points in the last three games. Not a coincidence they're on a three-game winning streak. Are we allowed to say Jesse Edwards is a stud now? He is. You know, you can say what you want about Georgetown. They're big. They block a lot of shots, and they just completely – he 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 was dominant against them. Yeah. 20 points, 11 rebounds, 5 blocks, 3 assists. Yeah, it's one thing to do it against Oakland. They had no size. Georgetown's got size. It's one thing they do have. They've got size. And they got a coach who knows how to teach yeah. size also. Teach size? Yes. I don't know if you know that's possible, <laughs> but he does. I know what he you mean. He teaches the big the, men. The, the, I don't know what's worse, that you said that or that I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Everybody knew what the hell I meant. <laughs> got a coach I've been doing this so who long. teaches size. I, I, yeah, okay, they, then. He, he, he teaches the big men. Yes. Can't teach size, but yes, I know what you mean. Oh, if you could, I'd have learned it a long time ago. I would have, I would have majored in that. Yeah, I, yeah. I failed size. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you weren't paying attention when they taught size. Oh man! Yeah, but it was good. I was, uh, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to rehash the whole is the rivalry dead. It was a, the crowd was kind of lackluster for a Georgetown game, twenty thousand, if that. But, you know, the the game served its purpose. It got him a win, and uh, it got him to play against decent uh, uh, opponents. Not great, decent, decent opponent. And, and this one tonight, you know, Monmouth's not going to offer much resistance at all. Uh, you know, Cornell could be an interesting game just because Cornell's got the ability to score, and we talked about that last week. Um, you know that was a, an eye-opening number when they put up a hundred plus against Miami and lost that game by two. They they've they've put up a lot of points this year. Uh, the Cornell game could be interesting, but tonight's you know not going to be. It shouldn't be interesting. Let's put it that way. Um, this should be another feel-good win. Go out, take care of business. Um, you know, try to improve. Get you know some of the younger guys in there, like a Quadir Copeland, like a you know Malik Brown. Get them more and more time and. Um, you know, get ready for Cornell, and then after that, it's, it's it's back into the ACC. It's funny to say this, but you know, everybody wants to see. I was one of them. I want to see, I want to see those guys play. I want to see Malik Brown in the game. John Bullock's making it hard for those guys to get in, right? He is. Um, he he goes out there. He knows his job. He does his job, and he does it well. Yeah. It, 
I, I forced myself to go back and listen to the post game show, and there were calls, a call that said he, you know, Malik Brown should get in the game. Syracuse won. <laughs> you know, they've got to they've got to work with the lineup they're going to use. They won by uh, they won eighty three sixty four. Guys, you know, there's not there's not much to complain about there. Yeah, I certainly didn't expect this out of John Bolajak, but when he's out there, like the more you see him, you're like, yeah, he he deserves to be out there. Like he goes out and he does his job. He had two more assists in this game. Um, you know, he rebounds a little bit, five boards in 20 minutes of action. He, you know, career high five points out of John Bolajak. Um, Slow him down, man. Yeah, he goes out and he he does his job and he does it well. He's playing good defense. He's active. He's getting back in and rebounding. He's facilitating things on offense. He's just playing really solid basketball. He got a couple tough, made a couple tough plays down there tonight in the second or in the first half, getting rebounds, getting fouled in one. He's been decent. He's he's do he knows his role. Yeah. He's doing what none of the other forwards seem to be doing. But how about how about Chris Bell taking uh, taking a free throw attempt for the first time this and season? getting an offensive rebound yeah. in one game? Slow down, Mister <laughs> Bell. I mean, the fact that it took uh, it took ten games for him to even get to the free throw. They line need him to hit some shots, though. Yeah. As much as we joke about the rebounding, he needs to knock down shots to make to spread the defense a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the interesting things about this team, and Jim Beheim has said it now repeatedly in post-game press conferences about they don't need to make threes to win, and and it's true. I mean, we wouldn't we've, hurt. It, that's why that's why I was going <laughs> with that. Is it you know it, it wouldn't hurt. Um, you know, you've got Gerard as a three-point threat. Outside of that, you know, Chris Bell had had one. He was one for three. They go three for fourteen as a team. Uh, it's a good thing they're not relying on the threes because they they really. You know, outside of Taylor's performance against Bryant, where he shot it very well, and you know Gerard has had a couple games where he shot it well. You know, certainly the Richmond game comes to mind when he went for thirty-one. They're not a great three-point shooting team, or at least they haven't shown it to this point. And you know, Judah got taken out because he took a three, and I think Jim Beheim uh, delivered that message well because when he came back in, he was terrific, but. You know him and Samir, they're not three-point shooters, and I I would imagine they've they've kind of gotten to the point where they're told not to take that shot. Right, um, Benny I mean, didn't take one that game, also, which is good. I mean, Judah's like, what is he like, twelve percent from three? He was zero like. for one in this game, but then he's got to realize uh, how well he played. He's twelve and a half percent. He got, he was ten of eleven from the three point or from the free throw line. Yeah, if, you know, there's a chance you're going to get three points. It's going to probably be easier for you that way. Than it would be shooting. So, and now his, you know, his assist to turnover ratio, while it was shaky to start, the way that he's played of late, and I mentioned those numbers, you know, seventeen assists, one turnover in the last three games. He's now up to two to one. He's got, he's averaging just about four assists on the nose, and averaging just about two turnovers on the nose. He's got thirty nine assists, nineteen turnovers uh, on the season. So he's up to two to one, which is that's that's where you want your point guard to be. Right, at least a two to one, and and he's gotten there, and he's he's done it by playing very well and very efficiently over the course of the next the last three games. And I I realize it's not like they played Duke, Carolina, and Virginia, but you know Georgetown certainly gets after you defensively, and Notre Dame, you know they they're not a bad defensive team. I mean, you know Oakland didn't offer much resistance, but I I thought that you know for him to to go on this stretch, that's 
That's not a fluke. You know, maybe those numbers are inflated a little bit by the competition, but I think he's starting to figure it out. And I think that that's a really positive thing for this team. All right, I'm going to ask you one question, Steve, and I want to ask you if it 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 moved the meter with you at all because you don't you what does everybody say about the Syracuse Georgetown rivalry? As long as what is happening, it's a rivalry. As long as what is happening, it's still a rivalry. Uh, as long we're playing, as we're playing a match game here, you fill in the blank pa- password. As long as blank is happening, this is still a rivalry. As long as Bayheim is coaching, correct. Okay, and they just re up for two more years. Oh, so you're saying what do you you're, think? You're reading into that. What do you think? Anything I should read? They're playing in Hawaii next year. You ain't leaving before that. I know that. <laughs> Is there, I feel like there grab, should be like some game show music. <laughs> grab one, run, grab uh, one last uh, trip to Maui before you you head off into the sunset. Um, so you're saying whether or not I'm I'm reading into that about how long he's going to be here? Is that what you're yeah. saying? I don't know. I, I think that it, listen, it's still a rivalry for the assistants as well, and I think that Adrian Autry made that clear, and um, you know, just talking with the assistants, it. It, it it means something to them as well. I, I don't know as if I would read into that. Um, you're reading into it? Yeah. Okay. Well, how old is he? 78. Just turned yeah, 78. Yeah, puts him at a fresh, even 80. I like it. Yeah, just turned 78. I, I, I was second-guessing myself. Just turned 78 um, last month. I think there's a better chance that Jim Beheim's on the sideline next year than Patrick Ewing right now, right? Yeah. Um, that seat is very hot. Right. That seat is very hot. Yeah, I think I think Coach Beheim's going to be here still. Um, I I would agree with that statement. Definitely more likely Jim Beheim's back than than Patrick Ewing. I mean, they went zero and nineteen last year, Paulie. I know in, in the Big East, and you you've seen the shots of their arena when they play. I mean, no one, you you know, you, you say that their the atmosphere wasn't great in the Dome on Saturday. No one goes to the Georgetown home games to the point where they're giving away tickets just to get people there. Yeah, it's it's not looking good for, for Patrick Ewing. It's got the whole uh, Big East season to turn it around. Yeah, well, that, that, didn't, that didn't go well last year. Uh, why don't we take our first time out? We got the SOS house call coming uh, at twelve thirty, but uh, fifteen minutes up until then, and uh, we would love to to hear from you three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. What did you think about the game? Are you starting to uh, feel better about this Do team after believe? three straight wins? And it's going to be a fourth straight win tonight. You know that. Yeah, you can't should be a fifth straight win on you know you should beat Cornell. That's going to be an interesting topic. We're going to get they could go on a run here. It's not a daunting schedule. Pitt's been playing okay. The rest of the, you know, Louisville's trash, right? You don't want to. Louisville be the, is trash. I watched. Some you don't want to be the. You don't want to be the oh, first team to lose to Louisville. They are bad. I watched some of that game this weekend against Florida State. Florida State's not great. Louisville is bad. You, you know, I read an article that said Syracuse had been driven to the bottom of the ocean by Jim Beheim. Yeah, Louisville somehow got deeper. Yeah, I don't Louisville. Is, <laughs> yeah, they are. They are really bad. Um, yeah, this Cornell team is. It's interesting. They've lost two games. Uh, they lost at BC by two. BC's not good, but it's still a Power 5 team. Uh, and they lost uh, at Miami by two, 107-105. They can put up points. Um, 
It'll be an interesting game, but uh, but yeah, this one tonight should be Syracuse in a route. We're just getting started on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. The artist of the day would have been 107 years old today. That's pretty old. Frank Sinatra's birthday. My my mom's favorite artist. You did tell me this on Friday, and this this is a very good choice. He's got some bangers. Not gonna lie, a crooner, one of the last crooners. I would, if I was born in that era, I would have been a crooner, not a radio guy. Yeah. My mom was in love with Frank Sinatra. Like had the pictures, the dolls, the. Sure, she wasn't the, the only one, right? The, yeah. The, it made it made Christmas easy because you could buy her every you know every year there was a remastered or a remake <laughs> or you know it, when it changed from vinyl to CD you could just get her a new version of Frank Sinatra's greatest hits. You literally played the hits every Christmas. Yes, I did. Good I love Frank Sinatra too because I was like indoctrinated into liking him because it was always on in the house. Yeah, sure. Kind of like you with Jim Croce <laughs> and Motown. Yes. Um, all right. Well, good choice. Good choice today. All right. Do you want to you want to hear uh, from Jim Baham? Should we play back some of his sound? You yeah. have it, you have it in front of you. I do, I Steve. Hope. I do. I do have it in front of me. Uh, we talked about Jesse Edwards being a, a stud, Steve, and uh, Jim or uh, Patrick Ewing apparently said that he reminded him of himself the way Jesse Edwards is. That right? That's pretty high praise. That is high praise, Patrick Ewing. But uh, here's how uh, Jim Beheim saw it. When Jesse got in foul trouble, Munir, we were plus ten during the time he was in there. He he blocked a couple shots, uh, got a couple buckets down there. Was really good. And then when we got the lead, Jesse, you know, they didn't, we made it where they couldn't double him. We took everybody away from the basket and put Joe over on one side. So we get it to Jesse there. There's no double team coming and he's getting better all the time. Yeah, I mean, Jesse did get into foul trouble and Hema did, uh, you know, did his job when he came in. And I like when Coach Beheim uses the plus minus when it's convenient. He normally says he hates it. And then when it, Hey, this looks pretty good. Here's a plus minus well, for you. I like the interesting thing about that was that when Jesse got into foul trouble, it was it was a close game, and then right. by halftime they were able to extend the lead a little bit. Um, you know, it's uh, what was it at halftime? I want to say it was like an eleven point game at halftime, right? It was yeah, eleven point game at halftime. So I, you know. They did a nice job when uh, when he came out of the game. All right, he mentioned that they moved Joe away in order to get uh, Jesse shots. Here's how uh, he hang hang on. I just want to I just want to add. I was I, I couldn't find my notes. Um, so when he picked up his second, it was a hoop in the foul. Georgetown with the free throw tied it at twenty three with eight minutes to go in the first half, and then he has to exit because of a second foul. And then lo and behold, by halftime they're up by eleven. So. I think in this case, it, it, it did make sense to point that out because you, you think you lose Jesse, that you're going to be in trouble. Um, but uh, but to ASU's credit, they were able to to extend the lead there. All right, here's his uh, take on the way Georgetown was defending Joe. Anytime they face guard Joe like that, you know, he's we've got openings for other guys. And I thought that that was the difference. Yeah, it got Judah took advantage of it, right? 
Yeah. Jesse. Yeah, awesome. Ju- Judah was great. Um, and again, you know, we talked about that the defense has improved, and that's been one of the reasons for this winning streak. And we talked about, you know, Judah playing better, and that's been one of the reasons for this three-game winning streak. And I, I know that the opponent, to some degree, as well plays into that. But, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that that Joe has played better and, and this team has played. They need him to be good. You know, we've talked about this over and over that, you know, I, I know people were frustrated during that three-game losing streak and, and pinning a lot of it on Joe. Since then, he's got 20 points, 18 points, 15 points. He's he's played a lot better. They, they need him to be good if if they want to be good. And here's his uh, thoughts on the play of Judah. There's not anybody there, so he can get to the basket. And I thought he, you know, he was really good uh, after that first three. I thought he made his presence known getting to the basket. That's what he does. I thought he did a, a great job of that. He got the calls, too. That's not necessarily going to happen every game in the ACC, you know, because he's a freshman. Sure. But. And I thought he played under control. Like he, you know, we discussed it in that first segment that he's, I think he's doing a better job knowing when he needs to take it all the way to the basket and knowing when to set up other guys. And I think that's reflected in his numbers across the board have gotten better um, in terms of his assist to turnover and getting to the free throw line. And, and he's he's been very good. The last few games, he's a special. He has the potential to be a special player, and I think we're starting to see him evolve. And it hasn't taken very long. He really played like a point guard tonight. You know, he he can score, and we need him to score. But he made some really good passes too, as well. Yeah, uh, as evidenced by the the ten assists and one turnover and five steals. I mean, you know, he's. Uh, I think he's getting more comfortable on the defensive end, and he's you know he's super quick. He's able to get his hand on passes and deflections, and um, you know he has he has the the potential to be a really special player on both ends. You mentioned Joe needs to play well for this team to be good. He uh, here's Coach Beheim on that thought. They're still got a long way to go. You know Jesse and Joe are carrying. It's Judah's been good all year. I mean it's not you know he had a, he slipped a couple times, but all freshmen are gonna, but. We need Benny to play better. We need Chris and, and Justin to play better. You know, that, that's crucial for us. We're lucky that Bowles come in there and done a great job. But Samir's been good. We've only played 10 games for these some of these guys, and they're, they need probably 20 or 30. Yeah, Samir played 12 minutes, uh, three assists, no turnovers. Again, talking about a guy, you know, him and John Bolajak, they know their role. They come in and they do it, and they do it well, and you need guys like that. Uh, Justin Taylor did not score. Uh, 0 for 3 shooting, 16 minutes of action. Chris Bell uh, did knock down a 3, had a, had three free throws. Uh, he finished with 8 points in 22 minutes. But, yeah, they, they need more out of the forward position, and, um, you know, John Bowl has, has come in and uh, – you know, done a really nice job in the minutes he's getting. And as you said, it's it's hard. It's going to be hard for Malik Brown to to crack that rotation if John Bolajak's playing as steady as he's playing right now. Yeah, and we talked to Coach Autry on Friday about the young guys not getting time and how every game they've got to keep them positive in order to keep them here, and hopefully they're able to do that, right? Yeah, right, no doubt. And that's the problem nowadays with this size of a recruiting class also. Right, it's hard to keep six freshmen happy because somebody's not going to play. And I don't think anybody's surprised about Peter Carey not playing yet. Um, but Malik Brown has, uh, you know, when he comes in, he he's made an impact in the time that he's gotten. But it's, uh, you know, right now I think you, well, 
it doesn't matter what we think. You know, the, the coaches feel most confident right now with John Bolajak that he's going to go in and get the job done, and, and he has the last uh, several games. We do have to take a timeout up against the clock here. We've got our SOS house call next with, with Chris Hall. He's a physical therapist with SOS. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation, our artist of the day, Frank Sinatra. I've got you under my skin. And speaking of getting under your skin, Jordan's in the studio with us, our producer. How you feeling about uh, Frank Sinatra, Jordan? It's a vibe. I mean, it's a vibe. So I don't. You better compliment this. You better compliment this. He's a legend, Jordan. You gotta, you gotta like Frank Sinatra. I don't care what genre you listen to. No, no, I said I like him. It's a vibe. That's a good thing. If it's a vibe, that was a compliment. Yes, it's a vibe. You you didn't say it. It wasn't very reassuring. No, it wasn't. You tell everybody that you love Frank Sinatra right now. I. Wait. Or I'll throw you. I'll bugs be gone your ass right now. I love Frank Sinatra <laughs> and my job. <laughs> better. Much no, better. it's a vibe. It means like I could sit and listen to this for two All hours. Right, but you didn't like, say it with a smile on your face. Now, now you're getting into okay. it. Okay. Well, I bet you were watching football this weekend yes. with a smile on your face, Steve. Once again, uh, weekend picks. You have won. You must not have liked. You know, switching up the order every week, you're going to go back to just winning and picking second. Yeah, I'm, start, I'm starting to pull away, Paulie. Three and two week for Stephen Fonte. Profitable. Uh, I, you're going to brag about pulling away. Uh, I know something you didn't pull away in. Thank you. There was a uh, this is, No, this is low. Oh, that this is, is a low. low. I was like, where's he going with this? Where that were is you? Low. Where were you? Well, now you I wasn't even nominated. Oh, okay. uh, Steve, no, I want to congratulate Steve. Congratulate me for second <laughs> place. He came in second place in the most famous no. local celebrity in Central New no. York. And he no. lost to his very own cohort at uh, Channel 9 and here at Galaxy, Christy Cashiano. I did. Yes, Christy came You're in first. So you don't need to congratulate me for second. No, Gomez was like the runner. They didn't even call Gomez from TK99 third place. No, it's honorable. Yeah, it's like being an ACC first team, second team, and honorable mention. All right. Congratulations. I'm second team. All right. Christy Casciano pulled away from you. You So I I know what it's like. I don't feel bad now for saying that your record is 30 and 40 on the year. I'm in second place out of two people. (laughs) Well, no, you're in last. It's one worse than being second place out of three people. I guess I'm in my own division because I pick less games, but I'm back to 13 and 13 and one. But uh, I want to talk more basketball at the top of the hour. So before we get there, what like stuck out in the NFL to you guys this weekend? What stuck out? Do you to wish me? the Bills won that <laughs> the game? The question by that Moore, was Steve? asked of jo- Josh Allen. It wasn't even a question. It was a. Your offense isn't good enough to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Oh, so yeah, so the. The, some reporter says, "Hey, your uh, your offense isn't good enough to win the Super Bowl." And he said, "Okay." Josh Allen goes, "Okay." They're like, well, why would you frame it like that? I mean, they are not wrong, but I mean, how beating the Jets by eight? Do, what do you think about that, Steve? I'll, I'll are they still in the break? I'll find the. Bite, I mean, but did do you, you think the Bills' offense looks good enough to 
win a Super Bowl. And don't ask me if I watched. The Jets defense is very good. Gotcha. What's that? The Jets defense is very good. I will. Give Jets it. defense is very good. And he and Allen in particular struggle with the Jets defense. I, I saw the stat going into the. I think it's the last seven times he's played them. He's got seven total touchdown passes and seven interceptions. He struggled against the Jets. They they figured him out to some degree. Um, you know. The offense does not look like the the well-oiled machine that we saw at the beginning of the season. I mean, they looked unstoppable at the beginning of the year. They People are not got tape. They are not that anymore. Um I think they are very much good enough to win the Super Bowl. Is that the question? Are they good enough to win the Super Bowl? I you know, I I still think they're the best team in the AFC and you know, I, I was listening to one of the national shows, Greeny, right before us, was talking about he thinks the Bengals are the best team in the AFC. Other people will say the Chiefs. <laughs> I, I think the Bills are still the best team in the AFC. It's not by a landslide, though. You know, the beginning of the season, it looked like, man, it, who's going to stop this team? That's not the case anymore. Not, not quite as vergy anymore? Where would you no, put them? St- stop, stop, Where stop. would you put them? They're still on the verge. They, 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 <laughs> that was not... Who's more on the verge, though? There, it sounds like there's teams that are more on the verge than the Bills are. At but this the Chiefs, point. the Chiefs and the Bengals, they're they're past the verge because they've already done it. I was talking about the franchise was on the verge of going back to the Super Bowl. That's what I said. The franchise is on the verge of going to the Super Bowl. That's what I said. But so are the Chiefs and the Bills. right. But they've already done it. I'm talking about. So, the, I'm talking about. The, <laughs> so you can't be on the verge anymore if you already done. But that wasn't the context of what I was saying. I wasn't saying uh, that particular I'm, team. I was just, saying the franchise. I just want to know: are like, are they? Cl- do you still think that they're? Yes, yes, they're still verging. Okay. Yes. I mean, they're a little st- less verging. They're the odds-on favorites to win the Super Bowl. Still, yes, they're still on the verge. Okay. Do you disagree? You say it like you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't think they're about. the favorite anymore. I would not Steve, put them as the who's favorite. more on the verge, you of winning Syracuse media personality or the Bills of a Super Bowl? The Bills are on the verge of a Super Bowl what? You're appearance. One, you're one spot away. How is You're way closer than the Bills. They have more <laughs> the than Bills one. are the odds-on favorites. What? Are you uh, closer to the verge to slapping one of us or the Bills winning a Super Bowl? You know, CBW brings up this point, and, I, and, and, and he's right. Like, the... The, the fact that, listen, being at home in the playoffs is a good thing, and I, I wouldn't want them to be other places, but the the poor weather does not help the Bills. If anything, I think it hurts the Bills. Like, I would prefer, like, when they got snowed so out and they had to go to built. Detroit, like, put them on a put them on an indoor track, on a fast track like that. Like, that's, that's when they're at their best. Um, so Cincinnati... So the Bills should play in the JMA. So Cincinnati is a concern yeah. because they, they can play in cold weather. Kansas they can run City. the football. Listen, they're both really good teams. Cincinnati and Kansas City are both really both good teams. play outdoors. Well, most teams play outdoors, but yeah. Um, in the cold weather? I, I still want those games in Buffalo, I, right? I mean, I still yeah. do, but they, they are... Like they're better on a fast track. I think that's just, and I think Kansas City's better on a fast track. Couldn't you say that about everybody? No, we play. They play better indoors in on a fast track. Unless well, I, I think they, the Big Ten. I, I think the when it, I think the better team on a fast track, like that, especially the way that the Bills are built with offense, like the Niners on a fast track. I mean, I don't know, like. Are, are the Niners better if they if they play on you know in an indoor stadium with you perfect build, weather conditions? I don't know. I feel like you're saying the Bills have built themselves wrong for where they play. Then I'm saying that when the weather is not good, they I think that that helps the opposition more than them. 
because they are the better team in most cases. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I feel but like the weather... E- in Bill- hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The weather can be an equalizer, right? So, like Miami coming up there. I mean, when when the Bills went down there to Miami, you know, the it was it was hot. They they wilted in the heat to some degree. And similarly, when Miami's got to play in cold weather environments, that's going to be a problem for them, or the Chargers for that matter. I, I, I do think that there is a thing to that. But do we all agree that when the weather is bad... It it bring if there's a wide gap between two teams, it generally closes the gap, right? If it's really windy and you can't throw the football, or there's snow on the ground, and but wouldn't you build your team in Buffalo to I, be I'm more? Not, hang on, I'm not saying those. I'm not saying they can't win in that environment. I'm saying that they are better they have, on a fast track because they are generally speaking, they are the better team. Yes, they are, but they also don't have. It seems like they would have gone more after running backs. Right, and maybe they will move it forward, but they this is unusual for like this is this is uncharted territory. The last two years that they are generally the better team when they play on any given day, they are generally the better team. It hasn't been like that for a while. They're not prepared for it. Like, oh, we're good now. What what do we do? I so mean, the they, they're been, best at room temperature. <laughs> they've been trying. Yes, they, they're great at room temperature. They've been not too hot. Not too. They've been trying to address the running game, but that's just not their thing. I mean, they got Josh Allen. They got a bunch of weapons. Like they're, you know, it's like the Goldilocks story for Bills fans. Not too hot, not too cold. Just yeah, right. They're yeah. they're great when it's just right. I'm sure. I'm, any again, I'm not saying they can't. Very glad that this is what we're focused on I'm, right now. I'm not <laughs> saying that they can't win in, in poor weather. I'm saying that weather will bring teams closer together in terms of if there's a gap. And, you know, the beginning of the season, it looked like there was a big gap between the Bills and everybody else. That's not the case anymore. The gap has closed for a variety of reasons. But they're still on the verge. A little less for And Syracuse football lost most of their games outside. Here we go. We've got excuses. I'm in. That's all I took That's away from this. Completely That's all I took away He's from attacking this. attacking you, Steve. No, I'm not. Yeah, no, you both are in your own... Like low key jerk way. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's hit a timeout. We can continue this conversation on the other side. No, we'll talk NFL, I don't want to we'll do talk that. NFL later at the very least. It's, okay. All right, we'll get back into the NFL. Uh, phone lines open. All of hour number two three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Back after this on ESPN Radio. 